Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 71. Today we're discussing chapters 5 and 6 from Music Education and Social Emotional Learning, The Heart of Teaching Music by Scott N. Edgar. We'll also share some ideas in a new segment we're calling Know Better, Do Better. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So now it's time for our main theme, and today we are continuing our summer book club reading Music Education and Social Emotional Learning. The Heart of Teaching Music by Scott and Edgar, and this week we are focusing on chapters five and six. And these were the chapters that really started to give specific activities that you can hopefully incorporate into your classroom. Now, the author even says, and this is something that we'd heard about this book, that really it's written from the lens of a secondary teacher There's a lot of examples of band, and that's fine. Um, So what Tanya and I did as we were reading without really planning it was we both kind of noticed which activities would lend themselves better to elementary music, and so we're going to really probably just focus on a couple of these activities and talk about how we might apply them to our own classroom. Correct. Anything else you want to add to that, Tanya? Um, Well, I wrote a lot of questions and margins, too. That's okay. Because uh, there are some things that, um, as we're looking at these activities that you might do in an elementary classroom, I had questions about um, what else needs to be done. Not just in an elementary music classroom, but in any classroom. Um, I, I, All right. Right now, <laughs> I'm enrolled in a course by Nissa Brown and Dr. Karen Howard called Decentering Whiteness in music education. And that's really, uh, I kind of have that lens on right now. Good. And so reading this book, um, I'm I'm just constantly going back to issues that are coming up in this course that I'm doing. And I know you're signed up for it as well. I am, but I haven't started yet. Right. So my caveat, and and yeah, and you can go through it at a self-guided pace. Mm -hmm. Um, I just started and I'm still behind, but I started um, getting into it this past week. And just with all of that, and there's so much information and there's so much learning and unlearning that I have to do in that area. So that's been weighing heavily on my mind, not weighing heavily, but just, um, it's just given me a different perspective. And it's really hard to leave that perspective while I'm looking at this book. But you shouldn't. And that's the point. And yeah, I'm really glad that you're bringing that to our discussion because um, we, we addressed this in our last episode too. You know, there's lots of, not just in music education, in education, there's lots of concerns about social emotional learning and without being taught within the context of, you know, inclusion and, and understanding you know, white supremacy that right. exists in our institutional, you know, society that yeah. we 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 can make some poor choices with SEL implementation. And we're not going to get into all that now. There's, there's just no way. Go back and right. listen to episode 70 because we talk about it. And in our show notes from episode 70, we link to some articles and some conversations about that specifically. Yes, and there will be more links in the show notes After for this <laughs> that I really want to put in there. Um, and I also wanted to kind of pinpoint... Um, 
some language issues I'm having right now because there's some language that I'm beginning to understand some specific terms and words that I'm beginning to understand more fully and and I'm also beginning to understand how they don't always say what I want to say let's take the word problematic I keep wanting to say problematic and I don't know if you've noticed in the past I don't know a year or so the word problematic is kind of becoming a code word for racist when we talk about problematic this songs. This is true. Yeah. And this is a problem, and that's problematic, that's problematic because not all problematic songs or literature are problematic because of race necessarily. Right. But it's it's starting to become a code word just like Title One or just like, you know, right. Urban. And yes. so I just want to make sure when I when we're talking about these things that any language I use that I'm just very careful about what language to use because problematic does not necessarily mean racially problematic so true yeah so true so anyway um as we dive in on chapter five i love to see this list of um standards and under the goal of develop developing self-awareness and self-management skills to achieve school and life success Uh for students what i was wondering about is is this well i mean this is an when you look at the student skill set and we see things like identify and recognize emotions, achieve accurate self-perception, self-monitor, persist, cope, accept responsibility. Some of these words are synonyms for each other. And then I also wonder where's the developmentally appropriate according to the student's age part. But am I just, just trying to dissect it too much? Because these are things we want to see. And I'm on page 98 if you're following along. Mm -hmm. Um, These are definitely things that we want to see and we want to cultivate in our elementary music students or any students. Yeah. Or any human. Yeah. But where's the... um, In a developmentally appropriate way. I would like to see a barometer about it. That's true. And again, I think this probably speaks to the point of view of the author that being more of a secondary teacher maybe the assumption is older students yes there's going to be a range within the skill set but maybe not as much as what we see at the elementary level right um i guess if i think of it as it says student skill set when i read through this checklist it wasn't like all of these things a kindergartner should be able to do by the end of the year to me it's like long 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 term goals and it's not even something that like you can check off like oh all of a sudden I can do this to me it was like these are the skill sets we should be allowing our students to practice but without ever feeling like they have to get to a certain level of competency right and and also I I have to admit that I'm put off and and this is definitely colored by my my learnings and readings and listenings in the past week is this word of manage, manage impulse control, manage stress. And Um, I thought of that, but one thing that did um, put my mind at ease was when you look at the actual goal. So this is, he's basing these goals off of um, Illinois social emotional learning Mm -hmm. standards or goals, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's, it says develop self-awareness and self-management. And I think if you, if you, as a teacher can place a lot of emphasis on the self, right. That we're, we're teaching students to just identify their emotions. That's the whole thing is that maybe we should, maybe we should expect more identify within elementary students. When I look at managed stress, I think, well, hell, 
adults need that. I, need I mean, that too, exactly. Yeah. And we can model that for our students too. Right. Like, and as, this, yeah, accept responsibility, self-accept. So what's okay? Recognize strengths, needs, and values. Have self-efficacy. See, these need. I was wanting these to be further defined. This could have been a whole other chapter where we define what that looks like. Well, I mean, maybe that's another book. Well, and I think if you add like an implied strive for before all of these things, strive to strive, strive for, like it's an ever, ever learning curve. And like you might feel like you're moving towards one of these skill sets and then you slip back, you know, right. I mean, this well, is what we do as adults. And too. then the last one is de-escalate emotions. And that, that one is, that kind is of, concerning for sure. Yeah. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but I can't put my finger on exactly what should be in its place or. <sighs> because I think that word de-escalate implies that we're not allowed to have these big feelings, even when they're justified by things that are just flat out wrong and that we're not mm-hmm. allowed to question things that we perceive as being harmful, right? Right. And I think, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and I I think you can come Are up we with trying something. to mold students to fit the expectation of a school environment? Are we, or are we inviting them to really explore their self and how they can be their best self? And can the two work together? Yeah, I think it's about... I don't know if it's the right word, but channeling emotions. Like, like yes, you're feeling what you're feeling. Now what do we do with those feelings? And anger is one of them. It's okay to be angry. But, yeah. And, but then what do we do with it? Because we, and when we humans, look, yeah. when, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of discussion on this in, in the world right now, but what is a, a way to affect change when you're angry, you know? And uh-huh. what do we want to model for our students? Yeah, yeah, but do we want to model acceptance of systems that are in place that maybe cause trauma in the first place? Exactly. No, I totally do. We want to model that. Do we want to say deal with it and and be a better uh, victim? Yeah, no, not at all. I think this is where it depends on your school's implementation of SEL within a larger framework of, you know, whether it's PBIS or what what sort of, you know, behavior management, for lack of a better word. You know, your your rules and routines and procedures, but replace even that with more of an idea of norms. What are your school norms? Right. Because norms are important. I don't think yes. we can say that they're not. Norms are important. But norms can be framed in a way that's positive. Norms can be framed in a way that accepts all people. Now, I'm saying we're not getting it right all the time. That's so. not happening. Exactly. That's not happening. So, and then that is then, it's up to us as educators who are becoming more and more aware and we're working on all of this and ourselves to then be advocates for change in our own school system. Right? Okay, well, I need that book then too, please. Well, I don't think there is that one book. But. Well, okay, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm pushing back because I'm just, as I'm reading through, especially these lists of skills that we want students to have, I keep coming back to, are we just priming students to accept unfair systems? And we need to look at, at that. And and that's not this book. I mean, this book is not dealing with that. I know this book is a different thing. But we talked about last, our last episode, we talked about how it had been brought to our attention that this is sometimes referred to, it could be 
mm-hmm. white supremacy with a hug and SEL, and SEL yes. in general. And I'm seeing that right now. I'm yeah. feel I'm kind of feeling where that comes from. Right. But especially through the implementation and the actual It is the implementation. Procedures. I mean, yeah, I mean, one could question some of these bigger thoughts behind SEL, but really it comes down to if you don't like the word self-manage, don't use the word self-manage. Like, right. that doesn't mean you're not doing SEL. Right, you know? right. Yeah. It's more than language. There, there are big things that need to change. Duh. And <laughs> I don't know what the answer for that is. Meanwhile, our, how are we... Uh, how are we helping individual kids at school? Right. And specifically in the music room and specifically through music. And we should get towards that and these yeah. specific um, activities. Right. Because some of them, I'm like, this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I could totally see using that. So um, Why don't, let's want jump to, to one of those. First, we can kind of go back and forth on some activities that we liked. Um. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to bypass the breathing exercises for relaxation, mindfulness, and focusing because, frankly, I don't think it's enough. Um, Right. That really skimmed the surface. It's kind of skimmed the surface. Well, and it was also, it was was very specific to like um, breath control, tying it into, yeah, yeah, tying it into playing an instrument or singing. And and that's all fine and good. Also, plug for you, Tanya, because you released an episode with Music Teacher Coffee Talk, but I wasn't on it, uh-huh. about mindfulness with your friend and colleague, um, Ellie, Ellie, Ellie Falter. Uh, Do- Dr. <laughs> Ellie Wolf, actually, is oh, her name. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't remember what number episode that is, but we'll link to our oh, own gosh, episode. it's like seven or something. It's early Yeah, it on. was early on. Yeah. But Tanya's done a lot of work with mindfulness. Um, well, I wouldn't say a, a lot room. of work. I've well, done I've done some work. A fair amount of work. Yeah. So if you are interested in mindfulness in a way that goes further than what just this chapter does, and especially specifically for elementary music, Definitely listen to Tanya's ideas. Yeah, and there's a lot that we can, I mean, boy, we could do another episode just on that. But but I'm glad it's a, it, it's addressed. At least it's in there. Um, I'd like to skip ahead to the identifying emotions in music. Yes. Did you want to talk about that part? Yeah, yeah. I definitely highlighted this So I really activity. appreciate how he puts in some specific charts that could be transferred to like a worksheet or even mm-hmm. like a Google Doc for, for kids to fill out where it's a very like, let's listen to this piece of music and then talk about the musical elements and then with perceived emotion in that column and i'm specifically looking at page 103 Mm -hmm. using emojis which which is you know a fine idea considering they're all the rage oh yeah um or encouraging i said i liked encouraging students to create a tweet quote unquote like a like a twitter post yeah describing um yeah i mean this I know for me, when I do listening activities in my room, I'm so bad about it. It really always comes back to that music literacy piece in that very traditional sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I do enough with myself and my students where we talk about the emotions and the mood of the music. Mm-hmm. I mean, why? I don't know. I will. I mean, there's a lot of whys I could unpack in that. But um, I just thought this is really great, and especially for online learning where we're looking for activities to do with students this is an amazing opportunity to work with students online where they can listen to music in their own home that you sent home and then write 
some sort of quick response. Right. And I really like the idea of it being an individual thing because I know that students, especially if we're thinking about the beginning of the year, um, students aren't always comfortable sharing what they really think Mm -hmm. in front of all of their peers. Mm -hmm. So that, yeah, this, I really appreciated that. Um, you want to go to the next thing that you want to highlight? Well, there? I really liked um, the what is this piece called activity. Oh, yeah, that was that's a good That's on one. page 107. Again, really getting to, you know, the bigger <laughs> ideas of music and recreational music enjoyment. Um, you know, to, have, to have, have them listen to a piece of music that doesn't have lyrics and doesn't have a title or not tell them the title Mm -hmm. and let them kind of decide for themselves based on their listening what the title might be. I thought that's a really cool activity. Yeah, that is a cool activity. And again, I would want to do this like individually because I notice when I've done similar things like this, especially when it's music without lyrics and I say, okay, everybody, we're going to listen in silence, lay down if you want, Um, make a movie in your head, which is similar thing but then they start to be in uh influenced by each other's ideas as they're Mm -hmm. telling things especially the younger ones so it would be very interesting to have it written instead totally yeah what's another one that you liked um from this chapter from this chapter okay i'm I'm ripping ahead oh i thought it was very interesting to see the tension and release on the musical phrase which was which would work really well for um, band, orchestra, choir. In now, those when groups. I read this chapter, I immediately thought of my small, brief amount of doll crows training that I've had mm-hmm. because we did a lot of things with tension and release, and it was related to listening for just even five and one chords. You know, yeah, listening to totally. that five chord, and so we would do lots of things where, like, you would link hands with someone and you would push against each other, pull against each other to feel that yeah. tension and release. Yeah, or you've seen a lot of these activities. Um, with pantyhose uh-huh. or with scars where you link them or up and ties you pull or... them and then you release them. So, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't specifically mention it in here, but I think the best way to feel that is through movement and, and doll crows inspired. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. That it's, There's lots you could do with doll crows. Mm-hmm. Um, the next activity on page 111, I mean... Again, this is something that I always say I do, but I don't do enough of. The words mean something, question mark, and it's basically just examining the lyrics. And especially, you know, if you look at songs that were written um, for a specific message and especially like protest songs. And you know. Okay, now I'm going to get critical here okay, because I, I wrote in the margins um, because he gave some examples and says <laughs> lyrics <laughs> as I read that and I thought of you I lyrics could potentially say. be a powerful portal to discuss sensitive issues race discrimination sexuality mental health etc the opportunities are endless examples of storytelling music to analyze for text analysis purposes include okay a bunch of songs a bunch of songs that I love mostly I mean white people. okay so here's what I wrote <laughs> in the margins wow all men mostly white narrow genre yes um, yeah, the specific we've got examples are not great. Simon and Garfunkel. I mean, gosh, I was bef- I was listening to Simon Garfunkel in the womb. My mom likes to tell me how she rocked in her rocking chair, blasting Simon and Garfunkel and the Beatles, like, constantly. But, yeah, I'm old. Um, <laughs> John Denver, Don McLean, American Pie, uh, you know, The Temptations. Okay, well, we got a, a little color in there. Um, Elvis Presley. Um, 
Harry Chapin, the cat's in the cradle. I mean, it, it's just very... Um, it's could very be... limited. Yeah, and then on the second next page on 112, I wrote seriously. Because I was like... Because it kept It could have been... You could... You, yeah, we could dig... We could dig deeper. We could dig deeper. And, yeah, and especially um, if you're teaching secondary and you can bring in contemporary artists who are really well especially I mean, childish gambino beyonce i mean you're, you're gonna pull in these artists that are yeah. really really making it very clear well and especially music. if your students are of color if you yeah. have students from I, I mean any yeah amount of your population of students are anything but white boys yeah yeah listening to 1960s and protest if... music might not might not quite make the point. <laughs> well, this isn't even 1960s protest. Well, no, I, I mean, know what you're saying. A boy named yeah. Sue is not no, 1960s. No, no. Johnny Cash, I love some Johnny Cash. I'm sitting here in my Decemberist t-shirts. I love some white boy music, but can we dig deeper? Yes, yeah, yeah. Think past the examples, but the, the activity itself <laughs> is, is okay. fine. I All mean, right, you're to right. Really, to really dissect. And then, and then the last thing on the list is is Aaron Schubert. Yeah, <laughs> the Schubert piece with which. Hey, that's. I mean, I've done that. I re- I've, I know I've, I've used that, that piece with, too. With like At least we get another language in there, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that was more just to, to scare the pants off of them, but. <laughs> <laughs> I remember thinking after I did that with some students one year, like, I need to be careful. That might have been a little bit too, a little bit too dramatic for them. But well, it wasn't, this is America, scary. Childish Gambino. Well, no. If I listen to that on my own. <laughs> yes. And I was thinking, that's probably not appropriate to show. Well, that's the thing. And yeah, I mean, of course, you have to be a little more careful with what you choose for, for elementary students. But with older students, especially if you teach in a school where you can push it with language and, and imagery, why not? Because this is what they're consuming on their own. I think that's the thing. We well, can. and that's the thing. Maybe you do have the students take the lead in that. Yeah. Like, oh, totally. Yeah, like from your listening students, yeah. would you bring forth a song that you think shows, you know, racial relations, yeah. that you think shows yeah. sexuality? Well, well maybe even, I mean, that, in but... my situation where I, I mean, I have sixth graders and I would love to do an activity like that where they're they're bringing in well and let's let's okay that's another activity oh that's what it is it's on page 115 i absolutely love this one the musical soundtrack to my life oh yeah where students have to choose a piece that represents you know their past their present and their future and then you know mm-hmm. it talked about putting it together in garage band or whatever and i'm just thinking yeah like a powerpoint presentation where mm-hmm. they you know, this is exactly what I'd like to do to start the year off with distance learning. Yes, my, totally. My, like fifth and sixth graders, I think I'm totally going to do this. You, and you could do, I mean, they could create that, but uh, you could just start with a playlist. Yeah, I mean, like, I really specifically want it to be music that they bring in because, again, this is kind of that beginning to the year, getting to know you activity, but mm-hmm. I want to go deeper, especially with these older students who, the students that I've had that I know. You know, I've just, I've not, I mean, it says it right here on the page. Students need to be acknowledged, and in the music classroom, this can mean students want their music teachers to care about their musical lives outside of the classroom. Mm-hmm. I know I haven't done enough of that. Okay, and can I speak to that real quick? Yeah. Because as I was reading through a lot of these activities that are kind of asking kids to bear their soul amongst their peers or just individually to the to the, the teacher. I'm gonna tell a real, real super short super short story um, about my son, who is uh, about to turn 15, and he just finished. Uh, he was a freshman in high school this past um, 
year. So he was in AP English class and was having some trouble in that class. And um, he is an excellent writer. He loves to read. He has some, some great ideas and he's very articulate. He's good at sharing and expressing his ideas. Yeah. Of course, he's my son, so I would say that. But, you know, so this AP English class he was having trouble with because it just, it really boiled down to his relationship or lack of relationship between him and the prof- the teacher. Yeah. So the teacher, especially when we went online, the teacher was posting some really awesome assignments, like listen to this brief podcast. And a lot of this was around the COVID, like social, social, emotional COVID feelings. And um, a lot of the things that Jude, my son, was being asked to do really related to how are you feeling about this? Uh-huh. Now, the interactions that my son, Jude, and this teacher have had have been um, – the, the, the teacher and I've been there for parent-teacher conferences the teacher really can be um hard on him and say you know you're not you're you're not living to your you're not doing your what you could potentially do yeah. you're not doing enough and you did this late and, and just seemingly exasperated with Jude mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. right um and so I'm, of course Jude has responsibility in this situation but the thing is when you don't feel like there's any kind of connection at all, or when you feel like your teacher does not like you or has these perceptions of you, how much are you going to really put yourself out there and really bear your soul or any part of your, like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm having trouble and this is why. And like, yeah, my, my son has trouble opening up to us and we're pretty close like me and my husband and, and him, there's no way. And so I'm thinking of kids sitting in a classroom in in an RJ circle or whatever being asked to share who are like you know I'm not ready f you why should I yeah and I think this is you know such the detriment of our job and our schedules that we don't get to develop those deep relationships with students the way a classroom teacher does or the way again a secondary band teacher does when you see the same kids every day all year we just we or it just takes us longer. Like, yeah, we, my fifth graders now I've had since they were in first grade, but mm-hmm. that takes a long time. But even then, they, they change and they develop. Oh, yeah. And so what I kept coming back to and writing in the margins is like, okay, where's the, the activities that build trust? Yeah. Where's the activities that build uh, community and camaraderie, mm-hmm. right? I mean, social-emotional learning, if it's going to take place in a group, really has to involve like some some big trust oh yeah yeah and I think for us um you know it's not discussed in this book but we know that that community building happens through active music making especially when they're young through you know joyful singing games Mm -hmm. music community activities and right now we can't do that so right I think for me when I think about this specific activity the reason why I think it could be more successful than maybe like what you're talking about with your son is that it's not their words it's someone else's words Mm -hmm. and I think some kids might take this assignment deeper and some kids might be surfacey about it but Mm -hmm. that's okay you know what I mean like some kids might just choose you know some you know cheesy thing that that's just about being a kid versus or like this is a song my mom used to sing to me maybe but like not like really like oh I'm really struggling because 
my 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 grandpa died and I was feeling all these things so I chose this piece to rep- represent that no not all kids are gonna right. go there well but even that this is a song my mom used to sing to me yeah, that's not personal all not all kids too. are gonna like yeah give so, you that yeah uh, I'm gonna do it and I'll be curious to see what happens yeah no because, I, I I am with honestly you. and I've thought about this when I read it you know I'm starting at a new school this year as are you Tanya yes I would still like to send this home to my my new fifth graders and just see what they do mm-hmm. and again I'm not gonna expect these like deep things it's just gonna be more like a playlist like these these are songs I enjoy kind of a thing yes. but I think to me coming into a new community and off the bat saying I am interested in your musical life outside of the music room mm-hmm. I think that sends the message of no we don't have this relationship yet but I'd like to definitely you okay know. yes and, and I did this at the end of the year right with middle schoolers and fifth graders um, where I just said give me a song that you're like feeling right now right for whatever reason you don't necessarily have to tell me why but and then I built a, sp- a Spotify playlist um, but really you could do a YouTube playlist because that's even free right. to kids who are online exactly um, and I wanted to shout out Emma our friend Emma because she sent us a little message and she had started a playlist yeah I don't know if you saw the Spotify I did. and I was like all excited in the Twitter because she's got um you know some some fun songs and tracks yeah. on there that I'm like oh Ani DeFranco it's my college existence and oh I love this song and yeah yeah so that was fun it's to a see. great idea and this is, is again what students are doing on their own right um but yeah I'm glad you said what you said about the building community because you're right and it is important and again I think we have to work a little harder at that, I think, in the elementary room just because of the frequency that we see our kids. Mm-hmm. And that's why some of these activities, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, dog them, but there are some activities yeah. that I'm like, no, that wouldn't work. Like the musical driver's license where they where they identify their their birth sex, their gender, their religion. Oh, like, oh no, yeah. I'm not going there. Yeah, not, I, you know, I, and I understand in a secondary room when you have a different relationship with your students, you could go there and I see the value of it, but that's just not going to work. Now, I thought that was a really cool activity, but I, like you, was thinking this is great for high school. Yeah. This is great. Maybe middle school. If and middle it's not schoolers... avoiding the conversation uh-huh. if, if you have students that want to talk about gender and they want to talk about religion well you know what you could do you could offer a choice yeah this could be i'm thinking about your choice boards yeah right Mm -hmm. so at the beginning of the year for older students you could say like you could make a playlist or Mm -hmm. do a little video um or do a driver's license Mm -hmm. or hey do a podcast where you talk about like you could offer it in different ways like tell me about your musical self self and your yeah. musical inner life and mm-hmm. they could have different activities to choose from and these could be part of it and anyone who does musical driver's license is just somebody who's just there's there's kids who want to tell you all the things that's true yeah some kids process through writing some through talking some through by mm-hmm. listening you know yeah that's or they could draw they could do an artistic representation of their musical life yeah hmm. i like that idea yeah maybe we'll have to I'll put it together file and, that and away cheer for it. later <laughs> All right, well, those are my favorite from uh, Chapter 5, unless you have anything else to mention. No, I just, I yeah. I, I do really like, of course, um, the ones that we just discussed, and I know I'm being really critical on no, no, some No, 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 that's but... okay. That's what we're here to do. And, I again, I haven't started the course yet. I'm sure I'll be there next week. <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> well, and then the other thing, which, you know, could not be predicted, is that 
of course, we also have this lens of, okay, what do we do online in COVID times? Okay, what do we do when we don't see each other? Yeah. Okay, what do we do when we can't move around the room or yeah. face each other? Yeah. If we can't face each other, which is big. Yeah, we need like a whole addendum to this book that talks about, yeah, social yeah. distance, social emotional learning. <laughs> That sounds impossible, you know? I mean, in a way, We're going to get way specific. Yeah. Yeah. Social, Social emotional, emotional distance learning in, in the, the elementary, elementary music, music <laughs> classroom with an eye towards uh, social justice. Done. Boom. Are you going to write that book? No way, man. <laughs> That's a lot. Okay, moving on. Chapter six. So oh, look, social awareness, chapter. relationship skills, and music education, sharing and communicating through music. Exactly. Yes. So this one focused on um, Illinois social-emotional learning goal two. And we get another list, which I'm like, sounds awesome. That's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So the goal is to use social awareness and interpersonal skills to establish and maintain positive relationships. And then, of course, there's a there's learning standards and there's a whole bulleted skill set. But again, I mean, this is maybe just me being obnoxiously positive as I read it. But You're to so me, good. it's like I think of all these things on a continuum and you slide in and out. Well, of course. Of competency. As adults, we do. So of I'm thinking course. about our kindergartners and first graders and I'm looking at negotiate refusal. I know I just I just went to that too. Conflict. I'm like negotiate refusal. Yeah. No, you're not going to have a turn today. You might next time. I mean that's a lot of these things I really did again sadly go to oh all the singing games and dances that we do and would you be my partner? I think I learned this from from the Amadons, you know, the New England dancing masters mm-hmm. that when children, it's time to, to choose partners. I let students, I teach them from kindergarten how to ask for a partner. Mm-hmm. And you go to somebody and you say, will you be my partner? And then I teach them that there are two appropriate answers. Yes, thank you. Or no, thank you. Not today. Like, it's okay uh-huh. to say no. Yeah, and I learned that from Joe Kirk. explain why. Um, or was it Joe Kirk? I don't, yeah, I'm sure it was a few different people that influenced me in that way. Right. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I was just going to, yes, yes, that is a good thing that we don't really have to worry about for a little bit. No, I know, but yeah, I mean, to me, it made me sad because I was like, this is where I do feel like, you know, especially within the Kodai-inspired, let's get even smaller in our bubble, uh, elementary classroom, you know, when we are, when we were playing all of these beautiful singing games. And of course that doesn't just happen in a Kodak classroom, but you you know what I mean? Um, Yes. I like this develop motivation to solve interpersonal problems, which is like what I need. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) I need to develop motivation to contribute too. Because that's the last uh, two bullets. Make friends, relate to family. Wow. The last. When I'm stuck in the house with them for six months. Mm -hmm. The last five are pretty much my life right now. (laughs) Develop motivation to solve interpersonal problems, develop motivation to contribute, develop multicultural awareness, make friends, relate to family. That's my world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, knowing that these are some of the bullet points, um, okay. Let's go to the activities. Okay. Not just um, dead white guys. Can we go there? Did you want to talk yeah, about no, no, the one no. before? That's actually the first one that I really highlighted as one that I mean, obviously, I'm working on in so many ways right now through my song literature, through my listening repertoire. What do you want to say about that? Um, just that I chuckled at the the heading of not yeah. just dead white guys because I was like, cool. Yeah. 
um, alive white guys too. I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm being okay. No, uh, but he know. writes as I write this this summer of 2016. The world is dealing with a great deal of prejudice and hate. I, as a white heterosexual male, have a very specific perspective on what is occurring simply because of my demographic. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, to recognize it and say it. Good. Yeah. We're all there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And now there's five lives. more books you should read just connected to that. Right. Exactly. I mean, when I say you, I mean all of us. Oh, uh, yeah, the me. collective. I mean me. Um, <laughs> by you, I mean me. Yes, by I you, I mean me. I also really liked this quote. Music is not a universal language. Yes. However, it is a language to potentially break down boundaries. Exactly. So let's get some tracks in here that could be, because, again, we've got some lists of tracks, and I'm, okay. It was an interesting list. Well, it, it really reads like um, my, I, he crowdsourced my, it through Facebook, right? This list and that's apparent. Like my college playlist. It from does two thousand and one. <laughs> right. I mean, minus some of these things that are more contemporary, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great piece songs on here. There that are. I enjoy, there are. But there's a lot missing. And but of course, I mean. Think about what's come out in the last four years. But know? are we asking students to come over to our world of music exactly. and on our personal tastes? Yeah. Or are we inviting them? Uh, like, I need to learn a lot of music. I, and I have a lot. But I've got youth in my room who I better are listening to things that could also fit the bill. Yeah. Right? This is another example of let's ask our students, especially older students, um, what they think we should listen to, right. not so the other way around. We're specifically talking about pages 134 to 137, Seven. where he lists musical piece, artist, societal issue. And I have to say the societal issue is very is very broad, which is fine. But, okay, then you get, okay, did you have this question mark on page 136? Hamilton, um, the societal issue is race. I mean, my assumption with that is... You know, especially when it did come out, um, I think we've all gotten used to it now. But you know, Lin Manuel Miranda always says it's it's the story of America then taught by America now. This idea of having people, mostly brown and black people, portraying white characters. Yeah, but that's simply in the casting. What if you're that's just talking about I'm the saying. music? Yeah, exactly. What so, if we're just talking about the music? No, the music itself doesn't. Well, unless you think about the broader genre of using hip hop to teach. I mean, I, I see why it's there, but again, the point is that it's, it's I, way I, too broad, and it doesn't I, maybe get I'm to being the... nitpicky. No, that's okay. You're allowed to be um, nitpicky. I think again, it's it, the idea of the the activity and the overall. As I look of... at this list, what's striking to me is that I know most of these songs, and I say that as someone who just turned fifty. Uh, <laughs> and a white woman. And that I'm a fifty-year-old white woman. Um, and exactly. No, I totally hear what the you're fact saying. that I could sing most of these songs right now could be, um, yeah, I know I need to go deeper. And this list is very representative of people like me. So I, yeah, you know what? It's a start. It's a start. Here it's was another start. question mark that I had on page 133. Mm-hmm. Um, it talked about listening to music to address difficult social issues as he put it and he put after addressing these difficult social issues it is essential to always return to a peaceful state and I went really good luck with that yeah it's I mean I think that to me 
sends well, the wrong message to our students once again. I mean, I understand we don't <laughs> the practice. You don't want to sign them, send them out in the hallways all riled up oh, and ready to right. beat each other. But I think again, we don't need to have this whole thing of like I'm gonna pacify your emotions. Exactly. And, yeah. Be angry. Oh, but now it's okay. Let's listen to Bob Marley, One Love, and we'll it'll all be okay. Like no, we we it's okay to sit in those emotions a little longer. Yes. Yes. And not feel like we have to wrap it up in a little bow at the end of the class period. I mean, it's hard. You have to find the balance between the two. Because like well, you said, I don't want them like going, running down the halls, you know, <laughs> screaming. I mean, singing Fight the Power. Although, I mean, some of the classroom teachers in my school would probably love it, actually. And they'd be all for it. And they would then let them go back to their classroom and make posters and go walk around the school Oh, grounds. yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about how early in my teaching career, I had a principal on an evaluation, wrote, and then told me that I need, that it was my responsibility after whatever we did in the music room is to get them back to a calm state, ready back to go back to their classroom. Well, and, yeah, I mean, And at first, I, I tell you, for a few years, I took that seriously. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? Um, well, I mean, in a small way I can do that, but I don't think to me, I, I, I know, and I've always tried this as well, like ending class with a calmer song or me singing to them or reading a book. And I still do that to a certain extent, especially with the little kids. But to me, it's not sending them back in a calm state. It's more about like, like the, the curve of the class as far as like, we're getting excited and we're and then and then we kind of bring it back to like I don't know what's the word I'm looking for it's not calm it's just it's happy and and maybe that sounds lame but I don't know what I'm do we to say but here. like you you use the word pacify which I actually think is appropriate yeah like, do we really want to send the message that we should pacify our emotions back down to a certain level I mean hmm. is it something that we just take out and look at our angry or troubled emotions and then file away when we need to be a certain way. I mean, I get, see, this is back to that whole. It's like the idea of code switching in a way. Uh, Like, are we teaching our students to code switch that that you can I wouldn't call it code switching because I think maybe, um, like, I don't know. Um, Denying... I, I don't know what the answer is and how you would really like pacify that whole if you're gonna if you're gonna get kids riled up or whatever word I could use about something through a song is it appropriate to bring it back I mean yeah I think really what it is okay this is the word I'm looking for you need to have closure in your lessons okay closure and we I'll talked go with about that closure before closure doesn't have to be happy it doesn't yes. have to be peaceful but it has I think the students have to leave feeling especially young students have to leave feeling like okay we're, we're okay to leave this as it is now yes and we'll come back to it later but especially if you think about kids okay my I'm not going to see you now till next week it's not like back again tomorrow or back again in five minutes after you use the restroom. Like mm-hmm. we do have to provide a sense of closure. I like the word closure. Okay. I can that go with that. That was the word I was looking I'm not for. saying, I, yeah, I'm not saying I'm going to rile up kids and send them out into the streets <laughs> to break windows. I'm not, that's not where I'm at. I just, I don't want to have this feeling like, and now 
here's some Debussy. Everything's fine. <laughs> right. That's what I want to avoid. Yeah, that's is, the point of Ezio. It's not authentic, yeah, right? Exactly. So I want to be authentic, but closure is necessary. And this is great that you brought that up because this has been a thing in my career, let's say, the, you know, of all the things that, that come up when I'm when it, when when I'm evaluated formally in my classroom, uh-huh. they're like everything's awesome. Closure though, yeah. Well, and <laughs> so I mean, there you go. We actually have a whole episode about closure. We but do. We definitely weren't talking about it through this lens. Um, I mean a little bit, but um, I think you know you and I both agree that it's like we're doing this and we're doing this and all of a sudden oh my gosh it's time to go line up kids I let's know. go and, and I that's know. just the reality of that's, being in such a time yeah, crunched position but I, I can do better I yeah. can do better on yeah. that but I appreciate it closure after we listen to some public enemy let's let's calm back down yeah or yeah. like let's we'll revisit <laughs> don't worry Love it. Okay, should we talk about another activity that we actually think could be incorporated well? I like this idea of at your service, which talks about um, teaching kids about the importance of service. But what I really um, appreciate is that, you know, it's encouraging service so students see the benefit of it, but not for external rewards. Like, oh, you get a sticker because you just helped me pick up these pencils. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I kind of glossed. I, I mean, I read that, and this is like one of the only pages that I don't have anything highlighted because really? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, because I don't Here's, know. He talked about having a log track tracking meaningful acts of service that will help document and follow completed service. And I thought, well, yeah, there's no way like individual students are gonna have logs in my classroom. But I thought maybe something that could be cool is like a big random acts of kindness kind of board that you have in your room that's for the whole school. And whenever you see or students see another student doing something, there could be like sticky notes sitting there Mm -hmm. and students could write what they saw someone else do and stick a sticky note on the board. Right. And so you could have this giant sticky note of like random acts of kindness. And I appreciate that, but I've seen it turn to where I'm doing my random act of kindness and hoping that someone will notice and and maybe that's that's okay for some yeah but I've also seen that die down after the initial thrill of somebody noticed this thing right and and now nobody's noticing this thing right and I guess maybe that goes against the point because that's still an external you know motivation seeing their name on a sticky note um Versus students noticing it within themselves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how it could be implemented. Um, I mean, of course, my thought went to practically thinking about, like, taking students to go perform somewhere when we're able to do that again. You well, know? yes, and, definitely. And teaching Those students things. service through music and yes. how music is something that you can give to other people through performance. Okay. That's yes. more if the we broader... take it, If we take it with that broad stroke yeah. of, you know, especially as a group doing that. Yeah. Um, I'm really big on integrity means doing the right thing when nobody's watching and nobody hears about it. And he didn't even put it on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, the other one, I'm just going to go and talk again and then you can do the next one if you want is the what do you mean i'm not the soloist are you gonna chunk. skip the the sel- selfie oh selfies? well you can talk about that one if no you want no to. thank you that wasn't my favorite that um, was not my favorite either. page 143 because it's really talking about students hearing no and i think that is such an important skill <laughs> as a parent and a teacher i am okay with saying no and i think kids adults there have to be limits we don't just all get to do what we want when we want and I think that's that's there's no way that that we can 
give students everything. But I also appreciate he does, this is where I felt like he maybe gave us a little bit of attention to some of the, what we feel is maybe lacking in other areas of this book. He says, a good mantra is this, every behavior makes sense. Oh, for sure. It yes. may not always be appropriate, but there is a reason for the student behaving the way they are. So this specifically talking about that we also need to empathize with students when they are angry and they are upset. Like he was talking about in this situation, not getting a big solo. But in our class, it could be not getting a turn at that singing game right. or not getting to play that instrument you wanted to play. Yeah, and this and really fits. And upset and yeah. blows up. And I mean, I see this a lot with This my really students. fits the elementary music age, for yeah. sure. And yes. so I really like then he says, de-cat, cat, I can't say this word, decatastrophe. <laughs> catastrophize yeah De- oh my the situation highlight alternative opportunities balance compassion detachment and perspective lead with care and use these moments as opportunities for social bonding instead of division yeah so that to me is a perfect example of how sel can be implemented in a way that is that is caring and not forcing a student to you know, no, get over it and stop crying and sit there quietly. Like, no, Mm -hmm. you're upset. I hear you. Mm -hmm. We could try this. We could try that, you know, and giving them that space to kind of work it out themselves with choices. Because that's what I try to do. I'm not saying I'm always good at it, but, you know, but what, what do you think about all that? Um, yeah, that, that stuck out to me as well, where it is in the elementary music classroom, that is something that we want to practice, um, and with my own children, um, we've practiced uh, losing. And mm-hmm. we even made up a list of like, here are things you can say when when someone wins over you and you're not feeling great about it. But here are things that you could just plug in, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it was good playing with you yeah. or whatever. Like, nice and game, shake hands. Exactly. Yep. All when you of can, that. shake hands. <laughs> when you can. And then I was I'll also, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about some... Um, I have had some students who are who have a uh, very hard time not getting a turn, taking no for an answer. Um, I've had I've had one student in particular that when they would get out of a game, they would refuse to leave. Yeah, and and then the other students would work around. Yep. that student. Yep, and they would just exclude that student, and it was very interesting how the group just kind of like. Like, well, we know that that they're so just so. going to go mm-hmm. do that. But then I've also had problems arise when, and this isn't the old, not, not just one student, but I've had students who run out of the room mm-hmm. when they don't get their way. Mm-hmm. And, the, and I hate to say it, but whatever I do in the music room where I see them for 45 minutes that one time a week, I can't, if, if they're at home in a place where they're never told no and they get all the things, what can I do? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that means I'm going to give up because they need to know that here in this community, this is how we do it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have your time over here Mm -hmm. and you can play with my mindful bottle and you can like self-soothe and you can do that and then come join us when you're ready. But it's just, it's very challenging to do it First of all, on the fly, when you've got another group, when you've got the whole class, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what about the other 32 kids? What do I do when I'm having a, a talk with, with this one student, right? So there's that. But then also when the rest of their life, or even even if at school they are learning this, but at home it's all, 
I get what I want when I want it because yep. my parents don't want to hear me howl. Yeah. It's it's a challenge. It is. And I think what, you know, he mentioned specifically about this is it's about building resiliency with our kids. Um, and, you know, that's a skill that takes a long time. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I have a, a, a sweet student who she's on the spectrum and um, there are certain games that would set her off. Big Fat Biscuit being one of them. Mm-hmm. So that's a game that's like a jumping competition. And You know what? I don't even... <laughs> so you can... I mean, Big Fat Biscuit causes all... All the game causes all kinds of problems. Because of the jumping competition? Because of the jumping competition. Well, yeah. And I think, you know, competitive games are good. I, I think it's good for students. Again, you, you lose, you win. It's good to be... Healthy competition is good. And mm-hmm. we don't always need a participation medal. But we have fun playing the game. Well, what I've noticed with this particular student, and this is where I, I felt like, okay, maybe I'm doing something right is you know some t- at the beginning she wouldn't even play and then the more throughout the year and of course the students loved it so it was the most requested game on a choice day mm-hmm. so someone would choose it and she wouldn't even play and then we got to a point where she would play and then if she didn't win that round she would get upset mm-hmm. and she'd go and she would cry or whatever but everyone left her alone and then she would end up playing the next game just fine mm-hmm. And then by the end of the year, there was a day where she played the whole game. She stayed with us for the entire game, even when she didn't win that round. And I don't know whether her, because I play in a team way. But anyways, the point is, I was really excited to see just, I mean, and I'm not saying it was just me. I think a lot of adults have been working with her on resiliency. Mm -hmm. But that was an example of it was a very slow build. Right. But it did improve over the year. And I think because I didn't, again, you know, pacify her in a way to say, oh, well, you know, she doesn't want to play this game, so we're not going to play it. No, the majority of the class wanted to play oh, the game. Yeah, so definitely. we're going to play the game. And yeah. I always gave her the choice. You can play or not play. And that's mm-hmm. okay. If you don't want to play, that's fine. If you're upset, that's okay. You mm-hmm. can be upset. Um, you know, so I'm still learning as we all are to, to help students navigate this. But that's an example of, I think, you know, slowly over time. And that's awesome that you point that out um, because, yes, that can happen because it's a developmental process. It's not like, you know, today I'm feeling like I'm going to run out of the room and tomorrow I'll be just fine. Yeah, no. No, it's going to happen like that. And, again, maybe next time she might not have wanted to play again because we slide in and out of it. It's not like all of a sudden now she, she met that goal and she'll be there forever. That's not the point. Most definitely. Yes. Um, so, yeah, a lot of these activities in there, they do need to be kind of adapted towards the general music crowd. Yeah. Um, but they can be very useful. Yep. So it's time to talk about knowing better and doing better or doing as best as we can or just doing better. Just do yes. it better. Do it no better, do it better. So uh, Tanya's going to share something with us today. All right. Um, I'm making mistakes. and I want... Me too. All the time. Yes. And I wanted to highlight one specific mistake that I made to in front of, oh, I don't know, 200 people maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a few weeks ago, Rocky, which is the regional organization of Colorado Kodai educators, and the Rocky Mountain Orf chapter um, 
hosted me as a online via Zoom clinician, and I did a 90-minute session of, um, you know, online music making um, things that one can do with the music class online. Anyway, within that session, and early on in that session, um, I used this song that I'm very fond of that is known to me as Guan Round Rabbit. And when I say Guan Round Rabbit, the way it's written and the way I've always seen it written is G-W-A-N for, and it's really, we can take that the title is Go On Around Rabbit. Um, and this is a song that I did learn from Jill Trinka and from her collection, Little Black Bull. Um, and she made a recording. John with, the Rabbit. John the Rabbit, yep, is the name of the book. <laughs> And it is also in the American Folk Song Collection in the Holy Names, you know, the Kodai Center. And this was this was a song that, and I know that Jill Trinka, Dr. Trinka, got this song from the Library of Congress. It was collected by Alan Lomax and Lewis Jones, um, Dundee, Mississippi, 1942. All right, so here's where it's problematic. Um, the way I learned it from the Jill Trinka recording initially um, there is a recording connected if you go to Holy Names and you look up the song. Uh, there's a recording there, too. Is It's sung with that guan round rabbit instead of go on around rabbit, right? <laughs> so this dialect is not appropriate for me to sing as a white person because it can perpetuate an idea of how black people might sound. Right. Is the big takeaway here. Yeah. And this is, it's interesting because I, 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 ha, I did have, give, give pause when I was putting it into my presentation about it. And I really fell back onto my initial Kodai learnings. Now, I'm not saying this to excuse myself. I shouldn't have done this. I should know better. And I am sorry that I sang it this way. It was not appropriate for me to sing it this way. I'm not sure if it's appropriate for most people to sing it this way. I'm going to explain why I did this. So um, as a Kodai-inspired te teacher, I was told and taught to do things as close stylistically as possible to whatever you think the um, most original um, singing and playing of the song was, mm -hmm. right? That we want to get as close to the original folk song as possible. Yeah. Now that's really, I mean, that's that's a huge challenge because things morph over time for all sorts of reasons. And the title of this song is Guan Round Rabbit and I have not found it with the title Go On Around Rabbit. Right. So um, another thing that I have remained true to for many years is that when I write a song and I put it in my song collection, I write it exactly how I found it, especially if I find it from someone like Alan Lomax. Okay, here's the thing that I've got to remember, that um, music uh, teachers and uh, professors and doctorates and song collectors and musicologists are from a certain time and place, and practices change when we look at them you know, in a new time and place, mm -hmm. right? So whereas there was a time in my life not too long ago where I would say, okay, everything that uh, that Pete Seeger has recorded is gold and you can do no wrong. Well, okay, Pete Seeger did Jump Jim Joe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, no, not Jump. Well, did he do He did uh, Jim Long Josie Jim for Long sure. Josie. Sorry, yeah, that's what yeah, I yeah. meant to say. Um, so, yeah, you can find 
problematic, and when I say problematic right now, I do mean problems all, all with the all-encompassing problematic. <laughs> you can find problematic literature from many of these people that we we hold up as like the gold standard of song collectors or performers or musicians, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that is why I did sing it in the style that I did. I don't think I overemphasized. I didn't. I don't think I get went overboard. That that's not neither here or there. I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't be singing the song at all, right? So maybe that's what I should have defaulted to is said, well, when in doubt, leave it out and left it out. Um, until more research is done. Until I, well, yeah. But like like I was just saying, the, the problem with doing more research is that the, the stuff that was written down at the time um, might still paint... Right. Those people in a no, certain, in a certain light me, with a certain stereotype. What I meant is like listening to the field recordings. And, and not the saying that you haven't, but, but carefully listening to what exactly is she saying there. She's not saying G-W-A-N. Right. You know. So I guess then the question is, is that, okay, so, so if it, it's supposed to be a no better, do better, is your do better right now? I'm not going to do this song at least for a while till I re-examine or are you what are you leaning towards? Well, right now I'm leaning towards I'm not going to do this song. I need to get more um I need to think through it more and get more information because I I need to really think through stylistically appropriate versus style uh, appropriation. Right. I because I'm thinking a lot about appropriation right now, and I am sh- I am thinking specifically, and I'm not going to lay it all out here for you, uh, but there I'm thinking about times in my music teaching where I'm pretty sure I was appropriating. I think we all can point. To and I don't multiple examples. Right. I don't want to do that anymore, and right. I don't want my reason for doing that to be ignorance. Yeah. Right. So um, I shouldn't have done this song. I should have left it alone. For now, it's a great song. I love the song. There's nothing problematic, and I did try to figure out if there was anything problematic with the lyrics in itself, but I really need more. um, I need to learn more about, okay, what do we do as a white person? There, I I think there are songs that I shouldn't touch, right? Because it's not my business to do so. Because we don't want to um, whitewash Right. Some, you know, well, any songs, but I mean, there are some songs that are definitely in that category, and these are things that I am, I, I am working through. Yeah. So if you saw that, or even if you didn't see that, now you know. Um, there was a little bit of a discussion on this in decolonizing the music room, the Facebook group. Yeah, because it really was talking about the broader topic of. Um, black dialect and right. I mean it's so prevalent in like choral repertoire when oh you yeah look at the yeah and that's a huge thing to consider yeah. and I yeah and I had that thought like wow I'm glad I'm not teaching choir yeah you know because there's there's, there's a, lot a lot there, going on there yeah. um but I'm not trying to avoid the issue I'm just saying that I did that I think it was a poor choice I'm sorry I did that and I need to think about it more I don't have the right answer right now fair enough all right And now it's time for our CODA section where we get to recommend some kind of something we've been enjoying yeah. in our lives, you know, um, yeah. book, movie, 
Music. Something. Something. How about a podcast? How about a podcast? How about a specific episode of a podcast? How about it? So on Getting Curious <gasps> with Jonathan oh, Van Ness, yeah. um, there was an episode released July 7th, episode 169. Wow, he's made a lot of episodes. Um, and this particular episode is titled, Are We Hearing a Crescendo of Anti-Racism in Classical Music? Yeah. And that had special guests Dr. Kira Thurman and Ashley Gordon. And and it was just, as a musician, a really interesting episode to listen to these two ladies talk about, you know, why do we not know more black composers and really getting to the why and then, you know, tons of great recommendations of organizations and ensembles and websites and places where you can go and you know especially from the lens of an elementary music teacher wanting to incorporate more black composers into my listening repertoire I was just really excited so it was a really good episode I yeah. recommend it awesome yeah okay how about you Tanya okay well I'm gonna drop two if that's okay oh man um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this course I was talking about, I, I would recommend that, but um, I think you could still register for it through Music Ed Forward, but that's not really what I'm dropping. Um, but through this course, there's been lots of videos, um, lots and lots of material to digest, and one of the YouTube videos that I'm going to recommend, and it's only like 5 minutes and 45 seconds, is Dr. Bettina Love on Cultural Memory in Youth Creativity and Hip Hop. You just have to hear her talk about cool. this, okay? So hip hop is—I uh, don't have—I don't have a lot of experience in hip hop. I need more. Um, I, I just just go watch it. I mean, I could talk about it for five minutes, or you could just go watch it for five minutes because Dr. Bettina Love is just a gem. Yeah, just wonderful. And we'll link to that. In our and show we notes, will link to that. We'll we'll put it in the show notes. Yep. All right. So the other thing that I wanted to mention, which is is quite a bit lighter, is a book of essays called "Wow, No Thank You," <laughs> which you that could title say that about so many things that just speaks to me, yeah. and it's um it's by Samantha Irby, and these essays they're all you know they could be standalone essays, but they've been put into this compilation and. I have this on my Kindle, so this has been my, I woke up in the middle of the night and can't get back to sleep because my brain is racing with all my worries book. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's good for any time, but I just like reading. Um, she's just got, she's hilarious. Such a great sense of humor. Um, she um, is a black woman who moves in with her white partner and her white female partner and she's moved from Chicago the city to like the suburbs uh -huh. and so a lot of these essays are like dealing with the the difference of like oh wow now I'm in the suburbs and it feels like this uh -huh. and she's just she's amazing she's an amazing writer it's just great essays I, li I like this because I can um, pick it up and, and read a bunch and then not pick it up for a few days. And I don't feel like I have to, with a normal novel, like, oh my gosh, who are these people again? Backtrack. What's going on? Yep. Yeah. So it's just been a very comforting read. Wow, No Thank You by Samantha Irby. Cool. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. And you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. 
If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be discussing Chapter 7 and our final thoughts on Music Education and Social-Emotional Learning, The Heart of Teaching Music by Scott and Edgar. Until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya wishing you happy musicking.